and welcome back to Callum and David's Any Requests podcast. This is, of course, our weekly podcast where you, the listener, can donate £5 a month via Patreon and get us to do a podcast on absolutely anything you want. Absolutely anything you want. And this week we are returning to the wonderful, the beautiful, the brilliant Moonlighting. Absolutely. Uh, of course, uh our longtime uh, patron Sylvan uh, requested this uh, way back in the summer, and I think this is the fourth. I think uh, it's the fourth uh, Moonlighting episode we've done. And as it is the the start of Advent, mm-hmm. um, we thought it would be uh, only appropriate to do uh, one of their Christmas themed episodes. So we went for uh, episode ten of the second season, which is called "Twas the Episode Before Christmas." Twas the episode before Christmas. I um I loved this episode. I don't yeah. know whether I loved it be- because it's brilliant, because it is brilliant, but also I think I'm I enjoyed it so much because I associate this podcast a lot with having to watch things that we hate because that's <laughs> what people like making us do. Whereas this is just a wonderful. I just thank you, Sylvan. It's such a lovely, lovely thing to be able to watch and then talk about. Um, towards the episode before Christmas, as you might have guessed from the title, um, it is quite a self-referential episode. Uh, and this grows throughout. Mm. Um, quite a few times we've talked about the breaking of the fourth wall. Yes. That happens quite a bit in Moonlighting. Yeah. In some episodes more than others, <laughs> but mean, in this one... Yeah, and we'll get to the end and that's just, yeah... Absolutely, <laughs> couldn't break the fourth wall anymore. No, uh, without physically coming out of the television screen. There yeah. is no wall. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, we open um, with a lovely, vers- beautiful kind of humming version of the first Noel, mm. which is just a lovely melody. Um, you know, regardless of how you feel about Christmas, nice piece of music, but all just really, really lovely. And it kind of yeah. kept going on for quite a while. Um, and we open on um, the wonderful Alice uh, Beasy. Beasy? Mm-hmm. Beasy? Yeah. Beasy? Yeah. I'm just going to keep making noises until okay. you... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, who who I kind of just love in mm-hmm. Moonlighting. I'm a yeah. bit in... I've kind of yeah. got a bit of a weird crush on her, you know? Yeah, yeah she plays Mr. Pesto. Mr. Pesto, yeah. Yeah, he's um, the receptionist at uh, the Blue Moon uh, Agency. But if you thought she was kind of cute, quirky, kooky, funny actor um, it, as the re- the receptionist, you'd love her in the opening of this because we open her dressed as an elf doing yeah. her laundry. Yeah. Well, well, that's. I mean, that's. I suppose that's after we've, we've uh, yes, got the. Yes. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean. Uh, um, no. 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 The the opening is the 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 crime the setup of the oh, of course sorry yeah, um, we should talk about that you, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> why don't you do the <laughs> podcast paying attention for the first two minutes <laughs> no i just got carried away um, that was my first note you do the um, podcast i'll okay, just yeah. i'll watch yeah and i'll chip <laughs> yes, in yeah so um, no you're quite right with with the humming yeah but the 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 humming yeah it is underscoring this this uh apartment and sort of christmas things being prepared it's obviously christmas eve um uh and and it's, it's a sort of couple and a little baby um and then the humming kind of stops and uh, of course you get a lovely festive opening of uh, two mobsters coming in and threatening yeah. threatening uh <laughs> the husband uh with uh, a gun and from their conversation you can kind of glean that this family are clearly in the witness protection program he's yeah. witnessed a, a a mob killing or some kind of thing and these two mobsters are there to bump him off. They've tracked him down. Um, one of the mobsters, I should say, is played by the brilliant Richard Belzer. 
um, who al- always wears sunglasses in everything he's ever in. Um, I was going to say, I, I recognise him as soon as yeah. I saw the sunglasses. Yeah, uh, but it, we, he's he's Mr. Law and Order, really. Um, really? I mean, he was he played the same character for 23 years, I believe. Oh. Um, first in Homicide Life on the Street and then in Law and Order. Um, mm. you know, but yeah, I, I, it was the same character. Um and so yeah so he's kind of most known for that but but has popped up in lots of other things as well as a character actor but yeah always has those exact same sunglasses on so that made me laugh um and yeah and and they end up in a tussle and they throw the husband off a balcony to make it look like a suicide to make it look like a suicide uh, that he was racked with guilt for 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 um ratting on his old yeah. buddy yeah that was the um, news uh, uh meanwhile his wife uh and by the way this couple they're called joseph and mary um uh the wife uh gets the baby runs out and that's quite rightly as you say we we cut to see mr pesto dressed as a christmas elf um singing santa claus is coming to town mm-hmm. uh sort of singing over it it's playing on the radio um and yeah she, she goes off to do her laundry but leaves her door ajar as she goes into the laundry room we see mary and the baby run down to her floor yeah um and she wants to get rid of the baby obviously because she thinks she's going to be next yeah. and wants to save the life of her child so thinks I'll, I'll put it somewhere where they can't find the child um and puts him in mr pesto's apartment and yeah. so she goes in a, laundry in, basket. in a laundry basket so she goes in and sees this abandoned baby there um and that's your kind of opening yeah um of the episode and then yes they go we then go, of course, to the office, and Maddie is entering, and she's also humming. I couldn't quite pick it up, but I think it's... I think it's the same tune. It's uh, Sa- yeah. Santa Claus is coming to town, which is a quite yeah a nice sort of link through. It's um, that detail though that makes a difference, right? Yeah. Because th- this whole episode has such fluidity yeah. that even when the writer deliberately tries to interrupt it, it still flows. Yeah, and that's that's yeah a real nice example of that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and she she comes into the office and it's complete pandemonium. And phones ringing off the hook. Phones ring on the hook, and they keep saying um, uh, Santa's hotline. Yeah, hello Santa's um, hotline. Yeah, so she's obviously looking quite confused. Um, uh, and yeah, tracks David down, um, who's in his office and uh, currently on the phone to a twenty three year old woman, and he's asking if she's been naughty and nice and all that <laughs> typical typical David Addison stuff. Yeah. Um, and and she comes in and sort of interrogates him as to what on earth's going on and he explains that he um kids don't write letters to santa anymore so he thought he'd set up a hotline where they could speak to santa and he's trying to be santa but of course the whole real reason is because it's a premium phone number <laughs> yeah. and they're getting one dollar 27 for every call yeah so he's uh yeah capitalizing on but, christmas but making out of course that it's for sentimental reasons yeah. of wanting to bring joy and uh obviously maddie sees straight through this yeah um, uh, and they have their first argument in the episode which is they delightful. do i also sorry i just glanced at my notes and i just wanted to um uh go back a little bit and mention a really lovely shot um during this sort of chase sequence where the mobsters are after the woman and it's I, it's, I think it's a nod to Vertigo. It's very Hitchcockian, the sort of zoom down the yeah, stairwell. I noticed um, that. I, and I instantly thought of, of the quite iconic... She's uh, running up and there's in, a chase. Vertigo, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it did um, remind me of that. But yeah, so uh, uh, I enjoyed that nice little bit of cinematography there. Um, but yes, yeah, and we get, we get, as you say, our first 
um yes sort of sparring as as has become um yeah a real hallmark of moonlighting and uh again just remembering when we did the research for the first moonlighting episode and and about how uh, their their working scripts are so many more words uh per page yeah. than any other tv show ever and again you're reminded because it's just so rapid fire like machine it's... gun dialogue and delivered so excellently yeah. and expertly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's lovely. Uh, and that kind of in- row is interrupted mm. by the scream of a baby. It's interesting. I um, I don't know if you, you noticed, because I was like, what? I was like, is, is Bruce Willis putting on a voice? Because he sounded deeper than normal. And I noticed everyone kind of did. And I thought, oh, I bet it's so they can get around copyright because it's obviously uploaded to YouTube. And uh, the way that the way that a lot of um, networks or people that own rights to stuff search, they kind of use algorithms to find like frequencies. So, yeah, so that's uh. why often if you see stuff uploaded to YouTube, they'll just slightly uh, tamper with um, either the audio or often you'll see like they'll reverse the picture. Yeah, um, and things like that, and it means it gets. So I think maybe with the particular version we found on youtube that happened because there was something slightly odd and slightly like it was a lower frequency oh, I, d- you know, I didn't you notice, notice that actually I mean, uh, uh i mean i, I, was, I barely it, watched the episode you had my opening um it was it was more bruce willis uh for me it was more noticeable from bruce willis than anyone else but once i keyed it i thought oh yeah there is something slightly mm. yeah slightly off about that but yes um and then there's a very funny bit where i think they're making a joke at like the ridiculous trope of when two characters say the same sentence at the same time because yeah. Maddie and David at the same time both say, does anyone hear a baby? And then the whole office, office. at the same time says, does anyone just hear a baby? Yeah. Um, which just made me like, it's it's something I think uh, 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 Glenn Gordon Carroll, the creator, who also wrote this episode, um, yeah, because he didn't write all of them, but he didn't write this one, uh, um, does really well is, is, is pushing tropes to the point that they become ridiculous um and and, and once acknowledging them not mm. only is it enjoyable and funny but it also means that it's very difficult to criticize anything that is quite formulaic yeah, yeah because um, they're, they're it's so knowing it's so yeah. self-referential that you, you yeah you can't really criticize it because the the likelihood is that they've deliberately done a bad thing to yeah. make a point of like oh isn't it bad when shows do this <laughs> yes exactly like, how it yeah, feels yeah yeah um yeah which is great and then, of course, yes, there there is a baby screaming, and it's underneath uh, DePesto's desk. Yeah. Um, because she's brought the baby to work. She didn't know what to do. It was left in her apartment the night before. Yeah. And so they ask her what happened, and she explains. And uh, Maddie immediately says, right, well, we've got to call the police and yeah. hand the baby in. Yeah. You know. And Bruce Willis says, well, hang on a minute. You know, uh, it's Christmas. You, you can't have a baby sitting in some institution being pushed around by people like in care while they mm-hmm. look for potential parents we don't, don't know who these parents are you know where they are it could be a single mum 13 year old who knows uh look at how happy she is uh depesto holding yeah. this baby and of course depesto is besotted with the baby and then you kind of realize that this is a setup for a conversation about whether Maddie has maternal instincts or yes. not, and, and yeah. then and I thought, ah, okay, we're coming back to this moonlighting theme regularly, mm-hmm. which is, 
you know, the the man that aren't women, men and women different. Yeah. But instead of that being told by a kind of a, a bad comic on Live at the Apollo, it's being <laughs> yeah. told by really interesting clever people yeah. who want to have this discussion and yeah. also highlight the ridiculous nature of it yeah or um, or told by jerry seinfeld in 2019 well um, i mean yes because he's still making d- d- dated dated comedy um, yeah don't watch the latest specially did last you year. were very upset i just yeah well just because i remember uh, welcome to the jerry seinfeld podcast uh <laughs> i remember watching years and years and years ago his the last one he did, which I think was in 2000. Um, and just being like, this is an absolute work of genius. And uh, um, uh, it's like the the, the special with um, Gervais, Louis C.K., Chris Rock and Seinfeld, mm. where they talk about Seinfeld making jokes Seinfeldian because yeah. he makes them perfect. And I remember watching that 2000 thing being like, this this is why this guy is a master of what he does. And so I was so excited. And I watched it and went, oh... Yeah, no, you've just got really rich and you have no idea what's happening in modern society anymore and you're making observations that are about 30 years old. Yeah. But yeah. And then Louis C.K. became abhorrent. Yes. Um, And, I mean, Ricky Gervais is doing fine as long as you don't hear him talk about comedy because on that show, actually, he was the worst, <laughs> yeah. the least informed person in the room. It's just because you can see how much of a fanboy he's, but he just can't yeah. contain himself. I think the only one I had real respect for now yeah. of that, special is chris rock he's yeah. absolutely brilliant yeah um yeah check out that uh or you could check out moonlighting uh specifically moonlighting? the episode was the episode before christmas so we're reminded again of this manny yeah. david relationship where oh men are from mars and women are from venus and i, I find it but it is important to talk about comedy when yeah. we talk about that you know i was just reading a, a, a play recently written in 1975 uh, by Trevor Griffiths called Comedians. And it's about comedians discussing what they should or shouldn't be talking about and what is the role of, mm-hmm. of comedy and comedy writing. And in that play, in 75, they're talking about how he shouldn't be talking about the differences between people and mm-hmm. and, it, and saying, isn't that funny? Because what it does is reinforce stereotypes, archetypes yeah. that ultimately play into the operating logics of racism, sexism, and any ism you want. Yeah. And if you take that to the nth degree, you end up with... Uh, horrific circumstances. Yeah. 1975, the comedians in the room have experienced the Second World War yeah. and are writing from the perspective of Hitler, right? And having known that that's there. In 1975, that play was being written and performed by some of the best well-known actors in the world. They're having this discussion. And today, I'm still having to make sure I don't watch any of the BBC's comedy output because yeah. it's completely rooted in that same stuff that yep. was being criticised then. Yeah. That was before Seinfeld and he's gone back and become worse. But hey... Like, Hey guys, it's okay because even though COVID is everywhere, the BBC managed managed really hard to get together and film a Christmas episode of Mrs. Brown's Boys. So we're all oh, gonna be we're all gonna be all right. Jesus, I isn't mean, it? how 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 that show is is as popular uh, uh, makes me despair for humanity. Anyway, pretty gross. Um. But yeah, uh, it, it, it's amazing that it, that looking at that, you know, players like that and discuss. This is discussion that's been going on for a long time, and I just yeah. nice to see moonlighting highlight that and mm-hmm. highlight how damaging it, it can yeah. be, but in a non-judgmental yeah. way. It's it was not December nineteen eighty five, I believe. Oh, there you are. The context, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so uh, they're, you know, talking about Maddie saying, how, you know, are you saying I don't have maternal instincts? And he's saying, well, you didn't get kind of crazy over the baby. And that's what women do, right? They see babies and they yeah, love them. And she's yeah. saying, no, you can't say that. And yeah. he's going, all right, well, well, I'm just saying it's interesting. But also underlying that because of Maddie and David's relationship, you're never sure if David's going, well, I want kids and I eventually want to marry you, even though yeah. we're never an item. There's this underlying kind of question of romance there as well. Yeah. Which I think is, gives it another layer. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they're in the car and they decide to go and find out what happened. Yeah. Um, with this baby. And they don't know how they're going to do it, but they go to the apartment yeah. where the crime was taken place. Yes. Joseph and Mary were yeah. ambushed um, by the Dark Glasses man. And they are immediately questioned by... Yeah. yeah, they are. Here he comes. An investigator from the Department of Justice. Here he comes. Uncle Phil. It's Uncle Phil. Um, James Avery. James Avery. Wonderful um, actor. You'll know as, yeah, Uncle Phil uh, from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I mean, if you, if you want to see, if you want to see an example of two unbelievable actors at the absolute top of their game, go and watch, go and watch the episode of Fresh Prince where Will's dad comes back. Mm-hmm. And watch the end scene of that where he's let he's meant to he's said that Will can come with him on this trip and never picks him up. That doesn't pick him up. Egg lets him down again. And Will Will Smith moving from pretend from kind of lying to himself and pretending he's fine into breaking down and hugging Uncle and Uncle Phil uh James Avery being the the kind of uh the father figure the father figure but also just within that scene just a person that's listening and kind of mm. reacting um it, it's just an absolute masterclass in in both performances and i think it's so easy because it's it's a it's a tour de force from will smith in that episode it's so easy to forget but watch james avery as well mm. in that in that reactive role um it's just it's it's, it's absolutely one of my favorite episodes of television ever and yeah. i defy anyone not to just be in floods of tears at the end of that it is a, it, an excellent mm. episode um uh and and a reminder that james avery is a fantastic actor in this particular episode we don't uh see a, a kind of award-winning performance it's a quite a small part um but he does bring this kind of lovable warmth and um nuance to his character um his character's name is reuben king yes uh and he takes them upstairs to the apartment because david and maddie are pretending to be residents yeah for questioning, and they're introduced to two other investigators, yeah, both by the name of King. King. Yeah, so we have three kings. Uh, uh, David said audibly, "Oh, we've got three kings," and then David Addison calls it out and says, "Oh, we've got three kings." Yeah, and you kind of go, "Oh, see, it's not even. You're not just doing it for us. You're doing it for yeah. you, for us to know that you're doing it." Yeah, uh, again, really, really nice. We've got Joseph and Mary. We've got three kings. We've got a missing, you know, a baby yeah. without uh, anywhere to stay. Yeah. Um, and so they learn that Joseph, uh, our victim, yeah. um, was, you know, fell out of a window drunk and then wondering whether it was suspicious circumstances. Yeah. Obviously, we know what really happened. Yeah. Um, so they realise that there's a baby and a wife missing and they go, well, the baby must be the one that's in our office with uh, with uh, De Pasto. Yeah. Um, at which point they kind of go back to the office to decide what to do yes yeah um and uh i believe this is when then maddie 
goes and finds the pesto i think for the first time at maddie's house under the tree and they have this conversation uh and and it's very clear that the pesto's because she's disappeared from the office they can't find it quite uh, um, yes sorry and they don't so they go back to the office oh, yeah. actually one thing i just wanted to mention on the way back uh from the apartment after they've learned yeah. this information the three kings they're having a conversation um uh and, and there's a bit of wordplay around uh, morning. He says, what do you oh, mean? Yeah. He says, morning. You know, morning comes after night, before evening, uh, after a, a, uh, becomes Electra. Yeah. I was like, right, you're, you're referencing a Yishin O'Neill yeah. play, which is an adaptation of Greek play yeah. Yeah. in a 40-minute episode of dramedy in 1984. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> Absolutely fine. Like, who's going to get that? And, and yeah. I mean, maybe lots of people are going to get it, but... Uh, yeah, without having a particular knowledge of your of your having done like a theatre yeah. one hundred and one, you probably wouldn't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was really nice. Yeah, and nice you're quite right. Uh, yeah. Maddie goes back and finds <clears throat> the pesto. They go, yeah. So yeah, they 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 go to the office. The pesto's disappeared. Maddie goes home, finds her. At her she's gone to Maddie's house with the baby, and is obviously bonding with the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe struggling about the idea of giving it up. Although she does come around and say, "I think the baby does need to be with his mum and dad." Um, yeah. at Christmas, but um, I'm going to have look forward to spending time with him until then, until we find them, and then he says something to Maddie about can we share? Do you want to share him? Do with you want to yeah. share him? With me? And again from Sybil Shepherd, and we talked about this I think two episodes ago. Um, uh, she's got this. I just look. She's so subtle and nuanced mm. in her in uh, her facial expressions without really saying anything, and. And what she conveys. And it is this kind of like... It's... Oh, I don't really know how I feel about that. But I don't want to hurt your feelings because you seem really excited about this idea that we could both kind of be maternal with this child. But I don't really know if I have that. And I'm not... I've not really thought about it until now, but now maybe like you can see her internal monologue. And so much and it's going just, on. without saying anything. And, um, I, and I think also excellent. really good thing to point out, and not least because of Sybil Shepherd's performance, but also when we talk about a quick fire script famous for having more words than any other uh, uh, dramedy uh, for page uh, per page, you have a lot of space in this scene, mm-hmm. and it feels like it's been one written that way certainly directed that way where you have space between these two women compassionately working through a difficult situation and it's just lovely it's just really lovely and then we're bang back into fast-paced stuff yeah but um yeah worth mentioning from a writing point of view a directorial point of view as well as a particularly strong nuanced subtle uh performance from Sybil Shepherd, which again you wouldn't necessarily expect yeah uh from Moonlighting um so yeah so the next morning Sybil Shepherd goes back into the office and David's very agitated and he says you know come in come into the office you need to see this you need to see this um and she opens the door and and it's worth mentioning at this point we don't know the mum's name yes um and opens the door and the mother is there in in a long white robe which she was like wearing when cape. she escaped but, but yes like a, yeah. ni- like a dressing nighty i suppose like but, a dressing uh, and turns around in this uh and says, with blue and underneath it. blue underneath and and and, uh, and david says this is mary <laughs> and yeah and uh, so obviously again these these christmas connotations coming up and he says and and, and she's like okay what's going on and he says don't you see 
Mary, Joseph, the three kings, we're, do you think we're trapped in an allegory? <laughs> yeah, I love <laughs> that. Again, I, think, out. I think we're trapped in an allegory. Um, and she actually says that she's... She, she's been trying, on the run. She's been on the run. It's Christmas, so she can't. There's no room at any of the inns. Yeah, she, uh, yeah I tried to get a hotel or a B and B, but there's no room at any of the inns. And then he says, "Look, we've got the whole nativity story here. The only thing we're missing is a camel." And she goes, "Cigarette," and it's called <laughs> yeah, the camel brand, which is just a lovely little touch. Again, that bit of detail, really nice. Really but also, witty. the actor playing Mary, uh, whose name escapes me, um, is is able to deliver these lines, which are written 100% comedy. Yeah, but. Not for one second stepping out of the truth of the trauma of a mother who's been on the run and is trying to find her baby. It it reminded me a lot of um of uh uh Priscilla Presley in the Naked Gun films. Yeah, who was always very good at playing straight with yeah. absolute nonsense dialogue, but with complete pathos. <laughs> Just incredible straight um, face. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that was yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's great in this episode. Um, but uh. Yeah. Um, Sybil doesn't believe her, says, oh, I think yeah. she might have murdered the husband, you know. Yeah. Uh, and eventually... Yeah, because the three kings have planted that idea. They they think... That they think that's what's happened. Oh, some foul Because they know there's foul play, but they they obviously... Because I, I think um, when you're in witness protection, there's very few in terms of law enforcement that actually that information isn't shared, is it? It's kept, right. I think, with... FBI or the CIA or whoever might be leading that that um, that witness protection. So I don't think if you were Department of Justice, you would be privy to that knowledge. Certainly not. The so, two days after. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I could yeah. So I, I'm guessing they're not aware of the connection with the mob or whoever it might be. These gangsters. Um. So. So yeah. she's suspicious. She's suspicious. Yeah. But also, there's something again quite subtle. Because you see Sybil Shepherd and Maddie get on with this baby quite well. And that's mm-hmm. why it's important, you know, they have this storyline where uh DePesto says, Do you wanna do you wanna share the baby with me? And there's a yeah. there's that subtle reluctance. But then we also have her going to the apartment and she, you know, Maddie's the one holding the baby and yeah, yeah. laughing and smiling and joking. So when you have this and we've already got the idea of this women either maternal or they're not thing. Yeah. And 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 they're having this thought has been set rolling by david in the car so by the time she reacts to say no i don't think she's i think she's a murderer yeah there's a part of you that might be able to as an audience go is does she maybe not want to give the baby back Mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. is there maybe a bit of maternal attachment yeah and i think it's utterly unimportant whether that is or isn't there but i just think the fact that it's a question at this point in the episode is clever Mm -hmm. it's a clever little acting choice yeah um that that it just it hangs that question mark over whether yeah. there's a bit of reluctance to end the bonds that you have with the pesto for the first time yeah. and the and the perhaps bond you might have with yeah. the idea of flirtation of of maybe being a mother yeah 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 so um maddie is at the pesto's apartment with mm-hmm. baby andrew um and richard belzer turns up because he's obviously on on the lookout for the mother yeah because she was a witness. Because um, she was a witness. Um, and and is obviously a bit suspicious because Matty's there with a baby and he's looking for a mother and a baby. But obviously she is aware that this guy can't be really trusted, although he claims that he's an investigator for the case, but she's not quite sure. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, and so kind of, yeah, 
doesn't really give him much information um and then he goes off and and depesto says oh if that was an investigator we should have given him the baby and he's saying i don't think yeah he's really to be trusted um uh and then where do we go from there so then we we have mad mary's still in the office yes in in, uh, david's office yeah Sybil comes back and and uh, explains to David, and he says, "Come on, you know what's happening yeah. here, right? Um, you know, you you've got to give the baby back. Uh, in fact, we should call the police, yeah, but not to arrest her because she's not a murderer, to protect her because the guy you saw is clearly after her, and they explain yeah. what we as an audience already, already kind of know. Yeah, and uh, Maddie says, "Yeah, all right, yeah, okay, we will." So that's what they decide to do. They go back into the office to tell uh, DePesto yeah, um, that she's got to give the baby back. Yeah. Uh, who's with DePesto? Yeah. And Andrew, baby Andrew. Yeah. Um, which is a weird name for a baby, a fictional it baby. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I thought that. But then, you know, all Andrews were babies once. Well, were they? Uh, tweet us, let us know what you think. Do you think all Andrews were babies once? Um, yeah. Let us know. Yeah, yeah just tag us. Uh, yeah. Start the conversation. Yeah. Um, it's because it's definitely debatable. I, they go back into the office to see uh, Depesto with yeah. the baby, and of course she's gone. She's gone, and she's gone with the baby. Gosh, they're shocked and they run out. They um, are. I was just thinking about James Avery. He sh- he should be in this episode more, shouldn't he? Yeah. James- I mean, we talked about him quite a lot, but he's 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 going to come back one more time. You ain't my. F- Oh god, god! Why don't he want me, man? Oh, why don't he want me? All right, so good, so good. It is, it is good. What you know ju- it is? Let's let's just do a podcast on that. Can someone donate five pounds to get us to a podcast on that episode of Reference Therapy? I reckon there are people out there who will do that. Yeah. Um, um. So yeah. So so they go we... out to find yeah. Pesto and a missing Depesto baby and a missing baby. And uh, Bruce Willis, David says. Um, or maybe we should look for the North Star. I, yeah, Seems, I wish we were in Bethlehem. We were yeah, because if you were in Bethlehem, uh, that God would put a star in the sky to yeah. let us know that yeah. the baby was there. Also, quite a nice link to the fact that we know David's a bit religious. Yeah, and I thought there were echoes of that as well. I just yeah. thought, oh, this is nice, isn't it? Consistency. Yeah. Do you remember this? No, because we didn't have it, and we never still don't have it in Britain, really. <laughs> no, no, not many UK-made programs that do it. No. Um, yeah, really lovely. And it sparks an idea in Maddie's head. Mm-hmm. And she says, of course, underneath yeah. the star. Yeah, and she remembers that she's got a big old Christmas tree in her house with a big old uh, star. That Tepesto was That Tepesto was, yeah, uh, earlier on in the episode, of course, sitting underneath. So, yeah, they go back to Maddie's. Um, Tepesto's, of course, there underneath the tree with the baby. Um, and Maddie <laughs> comes in with this kind of really worthy speech that she's obviously prepped herself to yeah. do. Yeah. You know, um, I know it's going to be hard, but yeah. you've got to give the baby back because that's the right thing to do. But I also understand and feel your pain yeah. as a woman. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, DePesto's constantly trying to interrupt her. Yeah. Miss Hayes, Miss Hayes, Miss Hayes. Yeah. Because um, the two gangsters are there. Because the two gangsters are there. Of course, they followed her there. Yeah. And... Uh, 
now they've got guns and they're basically yeah and evil faces <laughs> yeah richard bells has still got sunglasses on oh yeah it's um the other guy as well uh in loads of stuff as a, yeah. as an evil gangster um so they kind of think oh no we're yeah. in trouble here There's a bit of tension there and then guns david, are cocked david comes to the rescue down the chimney dressed as father christmas saying ho 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 yeah <laughs> that actually happens that's yeah. not a joke yeah. um yeah. It's, yeah ridiculous but he does he comes down they get confused because for a second the gangsters think that santa claus is real <laughs> yeah i think yeah. it's the guy yeah, there's a moment where they're like what wait is there was santa real yeah um and in that time david whacks them over the head with his sack of toys that he's brought yeah, with like him. loads of balls loads of different kind of sports balls yeah and and what happens is uh what you expect to happen is a shootout right yeah um, this is i love jump this. behind the table and you're expecting and, and they're Absolute playing nonsense. it as if it's absolutely yeah. going to be a shootout but instead bruce willis empties the toys yeah and there is but but the the, the important thing to note is that the toys ha- have the same amount of damage as like the guns Absolutely, that the, like yeah. it's played as if that's a even fight yeah, yeah. even um, fight being pelted with balls yeah uh, a rubber sticky arrow yeah yeah there's one point where richard belzer <laughs> so gets good. gets shot with a rubber sticky arrow that sticks on his head and he <laughs> snaps his head back in the way that when someone's shot in the head <laughs> in a film they so do good. it's 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 exactly that Played completely straight down the yeah. line, yeah. Uh, high stakes. Yeah, and then Ridiculous there's a bit. Toy <clears throat> there's a bit where David throws a paper airplane at Richard Belzer, <laughs> and he makes him fall over the other guy. Yeah, it's like they both kind of almost yeah. get the impact of a bomb. Yeah, uh, yes. like yeah, driven yeah. them back like on a bungee yeah. cord in a film. You know, it's um, it's just brilliant, really uh, ridiculous. Pure stuff. slapstick. Speaking of which, I also just want to want to uh, single out a moment a bit earlier on in the episode where Mary first comes into the office <laughs> and and David and Maddie have a have a conversation about what to do and, and obviously because they've realised that this is to do with the baby and everything so they go out in private um, and it's all very frantic and and he's she kind he's of winding, yeah because he's winding Maddie up by just copying what she's saying at the same time and so she sort of he's kind of running around her and her force kind of pushes him back into the office where mary is and he just does this amazing kind of fall spin around and lean onto the side of the the sofa yeah yeah. and uh it's just an amazing bit of physical comedy for bruce willis not something you'd associate with die hard yeah I mean, he's quite funny in Die Hard. Oh no, he is. But I mean, like that—that that sort not, of yeah. level of like physical, physical like comedy. yeah, Ray Cooney fast slam door comedy. Well, actually, I would go go further than that. It's actually slightly Keaton esque. Yes. Like, you know, yeah. It, yeah. It's uh, it's that kind of stuff. Um, yes. Yeah, very good. Not uh, not Michael or Die Hard. Buster Keaton. Um, he no, was slightly Michael Keaton. Uh, Mum of. Um, Did you know? <laughs> Did you know, uh, I was watching um, the first episode of what was a really interesting documentary series on Sky about the Comedy Store, mm-hmm. and I had absolutely no idea that Michael Keaton was a stand-up comic. No. Nah, no. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. started out the comedy store. It oh, showed, I don't believe you. showed loads of his early stuff. He's hilarious. He's amazing. What? Yeah, yeah, amazing startup comedian. Well, I know what we're doing after this podcast recording. Yeah. yeah. He's great. Absolutely. But I also, yeah. I, in loved, fact, I love stolen, Michael Keaton. I've stolen a joke from a set of his that I've never seen before, but we do the same. You know my gag that I always do about ca- carrying on a joke after the punchline? Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so like, um, I'm trying to think of a of an, of an example of a um, joke. My favourite one of yours, mm. uh, Dave did this in a, in a playwriting class in Texas about 11 years ago, um, where it was my garden so overgrown. Oh, oh no yeah so that's slightly different so that's that's yeah we we had to do a joke writing class for a playwriting class in texas many years ago <laughs> and the idea was they wrote the setup of a joke and we had to write the punchline yeah. and all the punchlines i wrote were really serious but i mean when it's like oh uh why the chick across the road to get to the other side and then when he got to the other side <laughs> um he remembered that he had to go to the shops and pick up um some semi-skim milk but they didn't have any semi-skim milk so he thought oh do i get full fat do i get skimmed or it is one of my days when i'm meant to be doing under a thousand calories so i should and go on for and, skim, on but, and i continue the right and so there's a thing on the michael keaton um uh, segment they played where he does this gag where he um there's there's a chewing gum company or there was called bazooka joe in america and it used to get a little joke, like you're doing crackers, like a little cracker joke. And he gets this out of it, opens a thing of gum, <laughs> and he says, Bazooka Joe's holding a clock, and his friend says, what are you doing with that? And he says, I'm going to throw it out the window. He says, why are you going to do that? He says, because I want to see if time flies. He says, and then his friend said, but that only works if time is a time. And, it go, and they have, and he does this philosophical conversation about time. Goes, and I think it was Eugene O'Neill who once said, and, and it's brilliant. It's brilliant. But I was good. like, that's, I do that. So, so you and him. Me and him. If he's in a pod. for a beer, mm-hmm. you'd get on famously. Mm-hmm. Well, he'd get on with anyone famously because yeah. he's Michael Keaton. But yeah. He, yeah, I think you should probably call him up. This is the Moonlighting Podcast. Yeah. Right? In you, case you've forgotten what you you're listening to. Do not adjust your dials. Yeah. Um, so, yes, uh, we got to the point where they had this amazing shootout. We then uh, skipped back, talked about Bruce Willis' yeah. physical comedy, which is also on display. So I just realised what that scene. tangent That tangent was based on a really tiny, insignificant bit of this episode. wasn't even a... Ma- it was because I said Buster Keaton. <laughs> That's literally why. <laughs> That's the only reason why you're talking about that. It's nonsense. Excellent. Um, so, yes, they're having this shootout. Everyone's acting very uh, famous, very seriously, but it's obviously, you know, being... It's got into surreal sense of humour. Yeah, very Moonlighting yeah. and, and Gordon... A very good uh, Yeah, Glenn Gordon-Karen. Glenn yeah. Gordon-Karen does very well. Um, and just at the... There's a point where they're like, right, we've got them. No, they don't. The guns come out and you think, yeah. ah, the joke's over. Yeah. They're all going to get shot. But who comes in to save the day? It's the three kings, and they're also all dressed as Father Christmas. Which is completely unexplained. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because if they're an allegory for the three kings, (laughs) why have they arranged with David in the space of ten minutes to all get the same fantasy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unexplained. But they uh, come in, and um, they all have guns, and they arrest them. And and that's it. And then we're into the Daily Mall. And we're into the denouement, which is lovely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. really lovely. And I don't mean lovely as in like impressive or classy. I mean, yeah. in all the ways something could be lovely, it's lovely. Yeah. Um. So they're back in the office. Yeah. 
and David says to Maddie, hey, I've just had a thought. With all... Sorry, just before I get to that ending, again, just another bit earlier in the episode that I want to talk about. <laughs> There's something else about Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. He was good in Birdland, I think. <laughs> uh, a lot of people really, uh, reignited his career. But I'd say... I, I think his performance in Spider-Man, the Marvel remake, is um, very underrated. Yeah. Um, also, the founder's really good, where he plays the guy that uh, created McDonald's. Mm, um, yes, I forgot about that. Uh, it's really good. Um, uh, no, um, <laughs> earlier on in the episode, there's another great... Uh, maybe my favourite... No, the end is my favourite bit of fourth wall breaking, but my second favourite bit of fourth wall breaking in the episode is when um, Maddie's like, oh, do you know what I've just realised? And david's trying to guess what maddie's realized and the final thing he gets is, is we've only got 12 minutes left we better wrap <laughs> yeah. this up before the next episode starts yeah absolutely um uh, i really enjoyed that um yeah so we're at this ending and david says to maddie you know I, I think he's probably my ultimate batman if i think about it no i mean he's 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 good we forget he's really good adam west um i mean don't you have to spit after you say adam west's name now don't you i purely because of the lighthouse now yeah i am convinced that this robert new Pattinson's one with robert pattinson is going to be the best batman ever because i yeah. think he's about four years ago decided to become the best actor of his generation and i'm not yeah. quite sure why where that came from or how he had the ability inside him oh. to suddenly be that if because... you haven't seen the lighthouse you need yeah. to see it it's yeah I, well, I think I put I put a status on my Facebook about how much mm. I loved the film. As did you, I should, I should I think. Yeah. Um, and then uh, a lady I know uh, called Val, who is in her seventies, went, "Oh, you've just made up my mind. Then I'm looking for a film to go for my anniversary," <laughs> and then went and watched The Lighthouse, and I was just like, "I don't know if that's the type of film you want to go see no. for your anniversary." But anyway, I, I've got no complaints, so I'm assuming it went well. Yeah. No, we we said when we came out like, have we been in that cinema for for days? I mean, time's kind of stops when you watch it. Yeah, um, it was really bizarre. Yeah, and we, I think it was nice to see it in the cinema as well because it, yeah, definitely. If you do watch it, like turn all your lights off and be as immersed. Lock your phone in, in another room. Yeah, because um, it really adds to it. Um, this is the Lighthouse podcast for those of you who are wondering. The Lighthouse like. Fresh Prince Michael Keaton podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so they're at the denouement. Who is? Michael Keaton. Yeah. Diane Will Keaton. Smith. Busted, Diane. All the Keatons are there. All the Keatons are there. Will James Smith's Avery's there. in the corner. Robert Pattinson with Will Smith. Robert Pattinson's there. He's in a Santa <laughs> suit as well. <laughs> and Bruce Willis turns yeah. to Sybil Shepherd and mm-hmm. says, "With hang on a minute, with all these Christmas references... Mm-hmm. Do you think this is the Christmas episode? Do you think this could be the Christmas episode? Yeah. And she goes, oh, maybe. Or no. If, and then he says, no, if it was the Christmas episode, it would start snowing, wouldn't it? And then, of course, it starts snowing in the inside, inside the office. of the office. <laughs> and you start hearing a choir singing the first Noel, which yeah. is what we heard hummed back at the start of the episode. Um, but we can see everyone in the office and no one's singing. Yeah. So you're going, oh, where's that coming from? They all look a little bit confused um and the camera they, just pans. yeah they they kind of pan back and follow the cast coming out of the office and then off 
the sound stage yeah. and you see the boom mic and the cameras and you see the 2D sets. The entire crew. And the entire cast and crew and I'm assuming their families because there's loads of kids there. I, I think um, it's, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, all singing the first Noel. Yeah. And it's just, they like have said, choir sheets. And... There is no longer any fourth wall. This is absolutely behind the scenes and absolutely breaking of the fictional world and yeah. we're on a set and these are the real people. And they, um, they sing more verses of Noel than I've actually been aware of before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a little girl down the front song. taking it so seriously. I think I'm like, wow, you yeah. are you, you've done your Lambda exams, haven't yeah. you? Or you, yeah. you know what you want to do. There's Ooh. another guy who's holding onto his wife's shoulders in like real spiritual support. Yeah. And I thought it was really lovely. Yeah. Um everyone is just really happy. And I it's, yeah. you look at it and you go, Oh, I wish I worked there. I wish I worked yeah. there in nineteen eighty four. That would be great. You're, you're, you're going to look at me like I'm insane for making this connection, but and I don't know, the, thematically and like the levels Where of imp- the levels of importance are dif- different and not comparable, but and maybe it's just because it's been recent, but it, it made me think of uh, what will no doubt become a very iconic scene in uh, Small Axe Lovers Rock. Uh, oh yeah the purely because i just love the bravery of someone when they make something on screen to not cut yeah and um if you see lovers rock you know what i'm talking about i'm not gonna actually describe it because it's it's better if you just watch it do watch, watch all the small axes um on bbc the steve mcqueen yeah um, excellent film series um but there's there's a particular sequence in Lovers Rock that's very elongated um, uh, and in kind of real time and it's based around a musical sequence and it just, I just thought of that First Noel thing, it's really lovely because I'm I'm not bored and there's no point where I've gone oh you should finish this now, it's just really nice to be in the company of that cast and crew enjoying singing a Christmas song at Christmas time it's just really it's, lovely it is really lovely and, and um, at the end I mean, yeah, you are ridiculous for making that comparison because I think <laughs> Lovers Rock will go down in, in, probably in history, whereas this yes. episode yeah, yeah, yeah. No, largely like, forgotten, just, apart from this just, podcast, of course. Just examples of being brave enough to just let something run. Just owning it, think, just yeah. doing it. You're absolutely right. Let the camera run. Let us be in that moment. And also, I think, and, and I think continue, because then David and Maddie, as the company leads, Bruce and Sybil, turn to the camera and say the lines... Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. And they don't say it quite together. Yeah. And yeah. It's, they've kept that in. It's, yeah. re- it's the, it's the really realist authentic. thing. Real, yeah. authentic. And then everyone else says, Merry yeah. Christmas, everybody, and goodbye. And then we, yeah. we fade to credit. It's just, it's it's even lovely little things like, you know, like saying like there's, 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 you know, the odd few kids that read it, they want to be there. Mm-hmm. There's the, um, uh, a couple of people reading off the things. There's a couple of people that are, are lip syncing quite bad. And you go, you go, oh yeah, all, there's always those people that mouth along and think yeah. well, enough other people are singing, I don't really need to, I'm yeah. just going to mind. You can see that going on and Richard Bells is there out of character with his sunglasses still on at one point I spotted him. And, yeah. Um, uh, and a yeah, director up a ladder. <laughs> yeah, it's just really unpolished. Um, uh, but in, in a really great way, yeah. Really real. And it, um, I'm, I'm not a particularly sentimental person. I enjoy... Christmas time for what it means to me and family um, and 
I think this year, it, you know, particularly is, is is an important one for many and a difficult one for many. But what? it did because um, be, because they've taken the H out of it. <laughs> Every spelled Christmas, so it's created a lot of technical problems. Oh, that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's a it's an important one, especially when you think about what everyone's been through and going through this year. Um, and there was just a moment where I just thought, yeah, it's, there's a real purity in that. Mm. So it was a lovely, lovely episode. But, I mean, you cannot get any more, as you said, break. There is no fourth wall. No. The fourth wall is destroyed uh, forever. I'll never be happier than seeing James Avery play a completely different character, but in a Santa suit. Yeah. Um, he's lo- I, I love him. Oh, he's okay. really lovely. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, yeah, yeah of Donald course. Hughes, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, as you know, uh, I am a very festive person. I love Christmas. You enjoy the decorations. I love, I love everything about Christmas. Um, and you enjoy and, Christmas films. Yeah, and this is my first Christmas thing I've watched this year. So, the, oh, this is my start, first this Christmas is, thing this I've is watched. The start of the festive season. Um, That's really lovely. And I, th- I think I might put up our tree tomorrow. You know. It's not the first of December. You can't do it to the first of December. No, it's it's, but it is Advent. It's Advent it? Sunday, yeah, which I think is technically, and that's why everyone else is. I'm, people have been talking about putting up decorations this weekend. I've seen people do it. Yeah. I just thought they were breaking all the rules. No, I think it's meant to be this weekend. Let us know, guys. This goes out. I'm breaking breaking the fourth wall ourselves here. Oh, we can't which do is that. Completely, um, you know. Uh, uh, apt considering we're talking about moonlighting but we're we're recording this on saturday the 28th i mean I, it's something. the 29th uh, 8th yes yeah. so um we're and this will be this going out on, on monday monday the 30th the 30th so by the time this goes out you never know i might have already put up the christmas tree what well, think about that exciting having your yeah. ice krispies and listening to uh exactly this episode and, and if you are listening to this episode on monday morning eating your ice krispies you still have a few hours to vote go to our twitter at macabre podcaster and vote on our christmas episode because the that is when it really gets christmas as we stand it's tied it's tied between santa's sleigh <laughs> really want it to be santa's sleigh it's tied between santa's sleigh and silent night deadly night 2 um i'm i mean i'm 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 happy with either because i've i've never seen i've seen santa's sleigh um i've never seen silent night deadly night 2 i've only ever seen the meme of the guy saying garbage day <laughs> um, yes that's I've the only thing that i've well. ever seen of i didn't Simon. know that was yeah um so uh i'd be excited to see the whole film although i did watch another clip from it uh, uh the other day um uh where the main the, the garbage day guy uh opens an umbrella in through a man's stomach oh, he nice. stabs him impales him with an umbrella and then opens it that's <laughs> weird it's weird it's weird and then he says something like oh seven years bad luck and I'm like, it's mirrors it's mirrors it's mirrors and also also you're outside so even if you're getting confused about it being bad luck to open an umbrella indoors yeah this scene was outside so, was like, so that doesn't even be. work on, that doesn't even work on that level either opening an umbrella inside someone's body and maybe that's the logic isn't it still not seven years bad luck anyway, we will settle this argument if, and if, more if that wins yeah um, if it wins, but yeah, well, and and well, you know what? 
screw it. We'll release that on Christmas Day. What, David? Yeah. You can't we'll make decisions like this on the fly without consulting yeah. Yeah. me. We'll release it on Christmas Day. It's our Christmas special. What the network so we'll going to say? On... We've got people to look after here. Are you in an episode of Studio 60 right now? Yeah. Yeah, you are, aren't you? Um, right, well, there we go. That's another episode. I don't think we've got much more to say. No, uh, actually, uh, earlier on when you were talking about that uh, lovely um, uh, Denimon ending, uh, I-, I thought one of the things you might have mentioned is one of my is my favourite Christmas episode of mm. anything, which mm. is Studio 60's Christmas episode. It's a lovely one, yeah. With the New Orleans Oh, uh, similar, kind of, similar kind of thing. And of course, we cannot, we cannot go any further and we cannot finish this podcast until we talk about another iconic, iconic, iconic show uh, that ends. Its its very last episode ends in a very similar way with the cast exiting the soundstage and you see the set and you see the cameras and their direct address and it is, of course, Hustle. Oh so my goodness me. That is the la- very last episode of Hustle. That's how it finishes. They walk out of Eddie's bar, as we all know and love, and they go off into a car and they drive off the lot and you can see all the cameras and everything around. Yeah. And so it always comes back to hustle, doesn't it, ladies and gentlemen? It's weird how it all always comes just, back to hustle. And that just happened organically. Yeah. You know, just it's it's like the thing is that that is quite good because it actually is kind of bookending the whole thing by saying, ah, and the last, the greatest hustle of all was it, it was, wasn't yeah. real. Yeah, it was all pretend. Yeah. You sound surprised. But, you sound surprised. But also, it's we know it's we know it's not because it's a TV show. So we, and we, the fact that we're seeing it is mm. we we know it's not real. I don't wow. know. It's a confusing show. Sometimes it's deep, and sometimes it's like EastEnders. It's not ridiculous. Um, so. There we go. There we go. We should end this episode. We should. Thank you so much for listening. It will never end. To, to this. But uh, if you haven't seen it, please do go check out all of Moonlighting. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for something Christmassy, then yeah. towards the episode before Christmas is what you are after. Absolutely. Um, and try and find a different version uh, that maybe has Bruce Willis with a slightly higher pitch to his voice yeah. um, on YouTube. But there's a few different ones on there. Um, so, yeah, in the meantime, um, you know where to find us if you want to get in touch. If you want to let us know if anyone's uh, ever been called Andrew and not a baby yeah. um, in their lives. And also, more importantly, go and vote for what terrible Christmas film you want us to do a podcast on. And who your favourite Keaton is, whether it's Buster, Diane, Michael yeah. or any others. Yeah. Uh, Ronan. Ronan <laughs> Keaton. That's <laughs> dreadful. That is dreadful. <laughs> anyway, yes, you can find us on Twitter at Macabre Podcaster. You can find us on Facebook, fb.me forward slash Podcaster Macabre. You can drop us an email, podcastermacabre at gmail.com. And of course, you can like, share, subscribe, and listen to all the Any Request podcasts, all the uh, Jonathan Creek podcasts, and everything on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. In the meantime, I have been Callum Hughes. I have been David Shopland Keaton. And this has been Podcast from Macabre. Any requests? Certainly has. Bye. Bye. Merry Christmas. Someone by now.